I'm Andrew. And I'm Claire. And this is the first episode of the weekly screening podcast where we review everything that's been on our screens this week and what's coming up next week. Right, let's get on to films. One of the films we watched this week was Fast Five. Yes. Which is Fast and the Furious number five. So can we get our quick thoughts from you, Claire, please? Uh, well, I watched the first Fast and Furious of you because yes. you couldn't believe that I hadn't seen any of them. And then I bowed out for the other four. <laughs> and now I'm back Which I warned I'm... you about because the other four are pretty bog standard. And number five is known as being a jump start to the franchise. Could you see a difference between number five and number one? Yeah, there's a big difference in like the quality of the camera, if that makes sense. Like This one's a lot more high definition. And also you could tell that they've upped the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the cast though? Because the cast is relatively the same apart from you've got a few new additions. Yeah, I think when they like brought all the team in, um, I didn't know some of the team because I'd missed out bits of that. So but. those are all members from films two to four. Yeah, but it's just like me watching Marvel. Like I just watch the Marvel films that I like. So then when they all get together, and I'm like, oh, I don't know who that is, but I'll figure it out. I, I guess. don't know how you can do that. <laughs> how you can't watch every Marvel film in order. So you therefore know what's going on in the next film. Just watch what's worth watching. Oh, God, it baffles me. So this was an action film about a heist yes. of $100 million. What would you do with $100 million? Well, we'd split it, obviously, so 50. Mm, would we? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't work again, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with $100 million. Buy a big house. Big house, big car. Yeah, and just never work again. Move. Would we move? Yeah. Until the UK economy gets into better yeah. shape, I think we'd. Yeah. Somewhere with better weather. And then we'd piss off somewhere <laughs> hot. Yeah. So, can you name any of the stars in this film, first of all? Vin Diesel. Anyone else? Paul Walker. Oh, very good. Uh, and you remember, you know what happened to him. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, we discussed yeah. that sad ending. Yeah. Now, I'm interested to hear what you think of the plot. Can you give me a quick summary of the film, please? Oh, God. <laughs> um, basically, they're on the run and they want to stop running because she's preggers. Who's preggers? Oh, don't ask me questions like that. The girl, Paul Walker's bird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they want to do one last heist. Paul Walker's bird. I don't even know what his character's called. Um, Brian. Imagine that as being your lead action man's name. Kind of. Yeah. Brian. Brian's like a 40-year-old construction worker's name. To be fair, so is Paul. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically they want money so they don't have to be on the run again. They can buy their freedom. And then just live a long, happy life together. Did you know that this was supposed to be the last one in the franchise? Okay. That Vin Diesel thought, he thought this would be the perfect ending to the character arc of, I guess, the first five films. And then I guess because it did so well in the box office. That yeah, money will get money, you every time. <laughs> yeah, the producers thought we could make a fuckload of money from this. And yep. it, it sort of reignites everyone's passion into the franchise. Mm. Because they... I think it was a new producer in this film. They went with the option of making it a action film yeah. as opposed to more about cars. Yeah. Because when it was more about cars, they were sort of pigeonholing their audience. Mm. Could you tell a difference between this film? Yeah, it was less film? about like car culture and more just like like it could you could have swapped Vin Diesel out for Jason Statham. Really? Yeah. It's just one of those Oh god, no you can't. Well, it's just like a standard bald headed action figure no but he's got a i mean the rock was in it as well <laughs> there's another one the rock 
It's all the same. I do, I do hate to admit that Jason Statham does come into this yeah, later on. Unsurprising. Jason Statham, The Rock, Vin Diesel, like I said, bald-headed oh, action men. You've got to love them. <laughs> <laughs> so compared to the first one, which one did you prefer? I probably did prefer this one a bit more because I felt like their stories were better and I love The Rock. So You love The Rock? Why yeah. do you love The Rock? Because you've managed to get me into wrestling. <laughs> you smell what he's cooking. Yeah, because you're watching old school WWE um, when The Rock was in like his heyday. So it's got me. Also, I love Moana and I love The Rock and Moana. He doesn't sing in this one. I know. It's Not what? He might sing in the next one. I don't know. Which takes me on to my next question. Would you be interested in watching the next one and the rest of the franchise i think i'll go with your judgment on it like you'll tell me this one's worth watching or this one's not i don't know i've only seen number seven okay and that was really good from what i remember so i don't know about six eight nine or ten so our friend told us that there's one where the car goes into space now why would you not want to watch that it'll be a bit (laughs) daft but come on i don't know i have a limit on action films so we'll see what happens and finally out of ten What's your rating for Fast Five 2011? Like seven, seven and a half. Okay, I t- I'll take that. It was pretty solid, but I wouldn't maybe rush to rewatch it. You did, though, get fooled at the end, if you remember correctly, about the, the vault. Yes, yeah. Because I was like, why are they walking away from all the money? But they didn't. No, so they basically stole a vault from a, what would you call it, a high-end... He's not even... Pl- he's, like, he's like mafia almost. Yeah, the head of the mafia in Rio de Janeiro. They steal a vault from him. Full of money. Full of money. And at the end of the film, you find out that they swapped the vault out at the very last scene for a dummy vault so all the criminals get to keep the money. It's just like... It got you. It, was, it got you. It was entertaining to watch, but when they were like... Quite a large chunk of the film was dedicated to them driving the vault around behind two cars and it was just so unrealistic what do you mean <laughs> just that could happen no it couldn't the cars could not pull that weight for that length of time did you not hear the engines going <laughs> that's all you heard in the first film by the way yeah it did get on your tits a wee bit yeah right so seven and a half yeah seven to seven and a half it was like it was solid and if somebody said to me should i watch this i would say yeah, but I wouldn't really rush to watch it again, and it was a little far-fetched at the end. Okay, well, I disagree. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10, so okay. get it up here. <laughs> right, the other film we watched this week, a little bit of a different different type, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, 2023, yeah. which we watched on Sky, mm-hmm. Sky Movies, which I cannot recommend more because you get two free cinema tickets <laughs> when you get it, which already pays the price of your monthly fee. That's true. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. Um, Super Mario Brothers movie. So this is a film based on the popular Nintendo Mario video game franchise. It's a me, Mario. <laughs> so how familiar are you with the Mario universe, galaxy, games. I felt like I was pretty familiar with it. Obviously, Mario Kart being, like, everybody's played Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have played, like, standard Mario before, but that was years ago. So What did you play the standard Mario on? Oh, God. So I actually think I played it... I don't know if it's as old as this. No, I was going to say I think I played it on my mum's old Sega Mega Drive. Oh, wow. That but is turning back the clock. I realised that's Sega, so I don't think Mario would have come out in that because it's Nintendo. Sega. So 
I must have played it on like one of my friends' Wii's or something like that because I didn't actually. Oh no, Nintendo DS. It would have been because I did have a DS. So I probably would have had it for a DS. Everybody had a DS, and yeah. everyone had Animal Crossing. Yeah, well, I I didn't actually have you Animal didn't. Crossing. No, I was a Nintendogs girl. But now I've got a Switch. I've got into I bought a Switch to play Animal Crossing when it came out. Okay, so now what Mario characters did you know before the film? Well, I recognised all of yeah. them in the film, but I was I couldn't have named them all like the the Koopas. Koopa Koopa Troopers. Yeah, I could have named. I couldn't have named them, but I recognised them. I knew Bowser and Todd and Peach. Toad. Toad. I was Todd. Todd. To me, he looks like a Todd. Todd the Toad. Um, Mario and Luigi, obviously. Yeah, Peach. King Boo. Like, I knew all of them. King Boo! Yeah, King God. Boo. Um, mainly from Mario Kart, if I'm being honest. Are you quite chuffed in that they had a whole almost scene? Multiple scenes, would you say? It was a good 10-minute yeah. section of the film was dedicated to Mario Kart. And yeah. Rainbow, Rainbow Road, Road. Oh. everybody fucking hated back in the day. Because it was the I only see, yep. track where you had no barriers and you could go off the edge. I hated Rainbow Road. And they had Bullet Bill. They yeah. had the blue shell. The blue shell. That goes after anyone first, which you hated. It punished you for being first, good at the game. Yeah. The only... I hated Rainbow Road, but there was another track where you were in, like... I think it was supposed to be modelled on, like, Italian streets. Do you oh. remember that? And it's... Whoa. I've actually... I've got... We should play this on the Switch later because I've got Mario Kart for the Switch. But there was one where, yeah, it's almost like modelled on like tight Italian streets and you have to do like all these quick turns and I just hit all the walls. Oh, Really? Yeah, that and Rainbow Road were the two worst roads. <laughs> were you quite shocked that this film grossed $1.3 in the box office and it was the biggest worldwide opening weekend for an animated film ever? Was it not just an animated film based on a game? Yes. Okay. So not just animation in general. Animation based on a game. Oh, now you! I wasn't expecting to I don't think get a follow-up th- question there. I was expecting amazement or something. I didn't, I didn't check the references for this. I don't think it's the highest-grossing animation ever. I think it's the highest-grossing animation based on a game. What do you think is the highest-grossing animation ever? Frozen. Yeah, Frozen probably. 2. Frozen or Frozen 2, I'd imagine. Over Toy Story? Yeah, because I think... Yeah, I do. No, I do think it's Frozen or Frozen 2. I think Frozen 2 might beat Frozen. You're talking to a Disney aficionado here. Just have to let it go, love. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not surprised it did well because I think it's tapping into a lot of people's nostalgia because even if you're not a big game like gamer, everybody's played Mario and Mario Kart mm. at some point. Um, I think even little kids would enjoy this because it's colourful, yeah. it's light, it's fun. It's a good like family film. Like If you want to go and see a film as a family, it's a perfect perfect one for that and then for us obviously we don't have kids but it taps into that nostalgia aspect Mm. for us that like barbie did for me a bit like i know that we we didn't overly you hated barbie (laughs) it was pants i thought the first half was good and the second half wasn't as good but what i did like about it the same as mario is the nostalgia like oh remember that and oh yeah i recognize that and stuff like that now let's see if there's a difference between barbie because when after we watched barbie i asked you if you could summarize the plot for me and you couldn't do that which (laughs) therefore turned into a musical (laughs) one song one just box now can you give me the story for mario i so i did say to you i felt like there was a bit of a lack of 
character development and plot which I mean it was a kids animated thing based on a game um but I felt like it lent really hard into the game and to the nostalgia and was let down by I felt like there wasn't a lot of comedy and the plot was the plot was very much like like the game like save the day um so do all these challenges basically like go up the levels and save the day which he did but I just I felt like what was really lacking for me was humor I really wanted it to be hilarious but it wasn't really a laugh no because from what I know the developer or creator of Mario was quite on board with the film's production and he wanted it to be very much like the video games okay so maybe it was it was more geared towards that as opposed to being just a comedy film yeah or you wanted a bit more humor in it to make it more watchable because you struggled after the first half Mm -hmm. you like the second half a bit more i don't know if it picked up a wee bit yeah well i think that's when all the like rainbow road and everything was in the second Mm -hmm. part but yeah i just i wanted i think i wanted it to be like as funny as something like shrek would be or even like because it's made by the same production company as like minions and despicable illumination illumination that's it and minions, like, love them or hate them. They are funny. So I think that's why I went into it with an ex- a certain expectation for humour. And I don't really feel like there was any humour. Fair enough. And your final thoughts on the cast. The casting of the Mario voices. So the main controversy was Chris Pratt being Mario because he wasn't Italian. Do you think he did a good job? So I don't know enough about... Obviously, Mario and Luigi are supposed to be Italian, but I don't know enough about their lore, like whether they are supposed to be based in Italy or whether they're Italian-American plumbers. So I don't know enough about maybe they were supposed to live in Brooklyn, but it did just feel like a bit of an easy cop-out, like a bit of an uh, an Americanization of everything. Because Nintendo's not American, is it? I'm pretty sure it's like Japanese. It's Japanese, I think. Yeah, so it's like a Japanese game based on Italian characters but everything in it was American and based in Brooklyn. But maybe that is, I don't know, maybe that is the thing because some things are created elsewhere in the world but are still based in America. Um, but yeah, I, d- I also don't know if, yeah, I'm not sure. It was okay. I didn't. It didn't really put me up or down, but I was like, New York and Brooklyn, really. It's like every, how everything's set in like California and LA. Mm-hmm. There's more places in the world. <laughs> So what if we switched gears then and went to the fact that Jack Black played Bowser, which was a great choice, by the way. It was. It was a good choice. And I liked that it wasn't obvious Jack Black. like It wasn't School of Rock, Jack yeah. Black. To go and sh- yeah! Yeah, I like he was a bit of a gruffer, which suited Bowser's character, obviously. So I quite liked that, where you couldn't immediately pick up. Well, like Chris Pratt, I said to you pretty early, and I was like, oh, who is that again? Like, who's that voice? Guardians of the Galaxy, man. Yeah. That's who we knew him from. But yeah, no, Jack Black was a good choice. Because I remember somebody telling, I think multiple people told me at the time that the soundtrack was really good. So I was waiting for an absolute like, like anthem from Jack Black and it just didn't come. And I was like... Were you expecting like Tenacious D tribute to come on (laughs) at the credits? Yeah, you know how he does... Or like school... Yeah, I was expecting a bit of a kind of school rock Tenacious D, at least one song, even if it was a credit song. But I don't think that was really in there. And I was a bit disappointed. The soundtrack was good, though. You have to admit. Yeah. Songs that get you going. I was expecting... I think I was waiting for the Jack Black moment and it didn't happen. (laughs) So, final thoughts. Rating. Out of 10? Oh, probably a 6. 6? So you'd rate this lower than Fast 5? 
Yeah. I mean, it's a very incomparable movie. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, we really went yeah. like two sides of the spectrum here. Yeah, I'd say it got points. The animation was beautiful. You know. Oh, I the watched. animation was superb and the color, the brightness. It looked yeah. a good time while you were watching it. It did. It looked fantastic. It was very well done in that aspect. Um, and I loved all the nostalgic references, but it just loses points for me for lack of humor and lack of like character development. I know they're in-game characters, but I feel like they could have given them a bit more. Do you want to know what the best thing about this film was? I think it was an hour and a half. Oh, love that. Do you know that. how refreshing that is to I have know. a film under two hours these days? Yeah, we can't do like two and a half hour plus oh, films these days. Slodge drag. I you know. know. Does my tits in. On to TV shows. On to TV shows. So this week was New Year's Eve. So oh, we yeah, watched was... we watched a couple oh, of, sh- couple of New Year's Eve sh- <laughs> special shows. So the first one we watched was a show called Get the Tunes On, yeah. which was BBC One at 10 o'clock on Hogmanay, yeah. which is New Year's Eve for every non-Scotch person out there. Yeah, we call it Hogmanay or Hogmanay if you're really patriotic. So this was presented by Michelle McManus, who I'm not a great big fan of. No, she won honest. Pop Idol. 20 years ago? Oh yeah, it must have been. And I think I've heard then. fuck all from yeah. her since. Did she make a song? Did she have a single? Out. Yeah, I think I think this single that she won with, won with was in the charts. I'd probably know it if you. I feel like that me. was the same with a lot of X Factor winners as well, yeah. like Matt Cardell and Shane Ward. Yeah. And Chico, no, he didn't fucking win it, did he? No. He's, he still he's, got a he's, hit. He's still, <laughs> he's still in the charts. <laughs> so the premise Twice. of this show was it was allowing you to listen to Scottish songs that were party anthems, floor fillers. Stuff that you'd basically hear at every Scottish wedding or big party. Like we said that, like when Loch Lomond came on, they even said it in the programme, like every Scottish wedding ends with Loch Lomond. And what plays before that? When are we go? Yeah, 500 miles. 500 miles. So the surprise songs that we got on it for floor fillers were Calvin Harris, One Kiss. Yeah. He's got about 10 better songs than that. Yeah, because they did include Acceptable in the 80s, which I would say is a good one. But, but th- this was under the floor fillers yeah, category. Yeah. And a Calvin Harris song that's a floor filler, what would you say? Because I told you mine, I'm wondering what would you... Mine would probably be Acceptable in the 80s. Really? Yeah, that, that beat in Acceptable in the 80s is, yeah. Can you remember my one? No. Bounce. Oh, yeah. Bounce. Yeah, he had... But, like, the thing is, watching this programme made me feel so patriotic. Because I was like, we have some cracking artists coming out of Scotland. Like, not even songs, like, obviously, like 500 Miles in Loch Lomond. But we've got, like, Calvin Harris, Lewis Capaldi, Paolo Nutini. Jerry uh, Cinnamon. Jerry she Cinnamon. She is a belter. Emily Sandy. Like, I'm sorry, but if oh, we... Emily Sandy, maybe she's had two songs. But they were good she's... songs. They were, but 20 years ago, and now she's... Oh no, maybe 15 years ago. But like, see if we, regardless of your opinion on <laughs> um, independence, if we had got independence, I'm sorry, we would have won Eurovision. <laughs> like, with that sheer talent. Oh, we couldn't get any fucking worse, could we, than what we had before? No, but no. I'm telling you, if Scotland goes independent, we'll win Eurovision. You say that. <laughs> one of the songs they put on was Limmy. And maybe he's just not oh, one of my yeah. odd, he, maybe he's just not direct towards me because I'd don't find him terribly funny, but a lot no. of my pals do. Yeah. So maybe maybe I'm the minority, maybe I'm the odd one out. Yeah, do you well, find him funny? I honestly had never heard of him. Okay. Well, <laughs> there we go. They had uh, Louis Capaldi as a 
a floor filler anthem. No, that wasn't a floor filler anthem. What was anthem. it called? That was for, um, they said that like, every point in the night you've got like, you've got to bring the mood down a bit. You were like... Do you? Yeah, no, it's like... Do you think it, you do? It's when you're at a party and somebody's getting like soppy in the corner and then you put on a, and y'all have a wee... What parties did you go y'all to? Y'all put your arms around each other and have a wee sing song and that was where Lewis Capaldi came into it. No, I always wondered what you do at a Lewis Capaldi gig. Yeah, I know. Do you just like stand in the middle and just wave your hands or slowly in there or just get a lighter out? Not allowed lighters these days. It'll be the torch on oh, your phone. Because I've never managed to secure Adele tickets. I've tried to get Adele tickets before. But I remember chatting to my mum about that and just saying like, like as much as it would be fantastic to see her live, I can't imagine going to a gig where everything is a bit sad. <laughs> There's no like upbeat no. And they had a good finishing song, which was the ultimate... New Year's Eve song to finish on. Old Lang Syne, the biggest thing we've given the world. The second most popular song in the world. Yep. Followed by... Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday. You're welcome, world, for Old Lang Syne. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, Scottish people go. take credit. <laughs> Mrs. Patriot over here. <laughs> so that show was followed by the fireworks bringing in New Year's Eve. This is where our patriotism died so we deliberately shunned bbc one scotland to watch the english one well bbc one scotland was full of the usual katie tunstall usual like suddenly i see bless because like katie tunstall is great and amy mcdonald and all that are great but it's like the same every year but i feel like that with jules holland apart from the same every year and the fact i don't know anyone who's on the fucking show yeah, there is quite a lot of obscure ones on Jules Holland. So we switched on to BBC One, the English yep. version, to watch Rick Astley, because we're now ancient. <laughs> which apparently has got more than one hit, which I was surprised at. I actually knew a couple. Did you? Yeah. Well, I know everyone raved about his performance at Glastonbury. Glastonbury. He was like the, other than Elton, he was probably like the second biggest artist at Glastonbury, which for a daytime <laughs> slot, I mean, good on you. And so he actually had a surprise moment that we didn't see because it was after the bells and we didn't last too much longer <laughs> <No>. after the bells. <laughs> it was a duet with Rylan Clark. Oh, I'm quite glad I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was a singer, wasn't he? Because he started on The X Factor. Was he? Yes. Because you don't remember he had that viral moment where he burst into tears sobbing like a... No. I didn't know that's where yeah, Rylan I think came it was from. Sunita's house or something. Or if it's a judge's, the only time you ever see Sunita these yeah. days is at Simon Cowell's judge's house is on the X Factor. <laughs> I think she just was lives he there. burst into tears because I think he got through. Oh, yeah, I, he was a singer. Oh, I didn't know that. He just, oh, he's just a bit. I'm just, he's just on everything. He is. And the fact he looks like he uses printer ink. For his beard. beard and his hair. <laughs> It's just, it's an it's... unnatural shade of black. Yeah, that's not natural. There's no, no. way that's natural. And the turkey teeth. Yeah, the, yeah, big like glow in the dark. It's it's a shame because like I'm so glad that all these people have amazing careers, but you get sick of seeing them on everything. It's like we're we're sick of Hannah Waddington just now. She's like everywhere. You cannot avoid her right now. No. And I'm like, it's just all of a sudden she's just all of a sudden come up. Yeah. Since December. She was the only um, celebrity that was in two different Christmas adverts this year, and I was like, good on you, go and get go and get that money. But you're on everything. <laughs> Give us a break. So Rick Astley did play his number one hit. Yes. Never gonna give you up. Yeah. You're gonna give us a, the rest of the rendition, no? Uh, you save that for when you put. You never gonna turn around and desert you. Yeah, we'll go with that. I kind of make them up. I mean, you could have used a bit more rhythm there, love. Oh, sorry. But, okay. <laughs> um, and then did a quick cut from that to the fireworks. 
Yes. Did the whole countdown. Fireworks in, again, patri- patriotism is gone. But the fire, the London firework display is a lot better than Edinburgh Castle. I haven't, I knew folk that watched the Edinburgh one on the telly. And I haven't heard any of them say anything about it noteworthy. And everyone that I've spoken to that's watched the London version, it goes, oh my God, it was great. It lasted 15 minutes. There was drones, fireworks. Oh, I think like what we found last year, and obviously this is two years now, we've not watched the Edinburgh ones. But the Edinburgh ones, I think, are just a firework display while London tells a story. So they have a drone show and they have a... Like what was the narration. story? What was the story this year? Oh, the the king. They yes, yeah, so they kind of recap king. what happened in twenty twenty three. So there are certain things like, obviously, the coronation. It was twenty five years since gay marriage was legalized. I think it was. Uh, it was the anniversary of Windrush. So they take you through a little journey, and they kind of change the lights and everything and the drones. And then they finish on the. Yeah, the big the begins. That's what I'm um, there for. I I like that they do that and the music and. Like and the, well, they go through like the pop songs of that year, which there was one. Dua Lipa. I think they kind of match. Dance, dance the night away. Barbie, of course. Um, but I think they use songs to tell the story as well. But I just think that's a a better way of doing things than Edinburgh mm-hmm. Bless. But London's got the budget, so I mean, like they've got the budget to put on a show like that. While Edinburgh won't have as big a budget for that. Well, it's probably got what would you say a quarter of the viewers. Because I reckon there was a lot of people like us in Scotland that switched over to but BBC then England. We only managed to switch over because we watched iPlayer on your PlayStation. Yeah. Because if not, we wouldn't have been able to. Very true. Very yeah. true. So following on from that, now we recorded this and watched it the next day because we weren't staying up till half one to watch this because we were fucking knackered because we're getting old. Was <laughs> Graham Norton, BBC One? Yes. On New Year's New Year's Eve special with Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Claudia Winkleman. Who came off very well? She was the she was the funniest she was the star of, all of them. Of the show and Rob Brydon. Yeah, we I love couldn't. Rob I Bryden. didn't get the name of the musical act because oh, I can't, they were good though. I actually liked them. Were they? Yeah. Can you remember who they were? No, they were quite go. they were quite jazzy though. So we had Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo promoting their new film, which I can't remember the name of. But it looked really weird. It's called like oh, it's called like Pretty Things or something like that. Yeah. Now they showed a little what. 30 second clip, one yeah, minute clip so from th- the film. I think she's supposed to be like a Frankenstein kind of character. And it showed her kind of like experiencing dancing and wanting to dance for the first time. And it just seemed really odd. And that neither of them could really tell you what the film was about. It didn't make me want to go and book tickets. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. Considering the stars that are in it, because there's other stars in it as well. Oh, I can't remember who else. I can't remember who else was in it, but I, I said to you, I was like, that's quite, like, you're t- you've are you got a few big names in there, but I'm not going to rush to see it. It just looked odd for the sake of being odd. Yeah. Instead of actually having a genuine story. So I was yeah. like, Mm-mm. we'll probably see it at some point. When it comes um, on Sky or Netflix or whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to cinema to see that. No. Next, Claudia Winkleman. So she was there to promote The Traitors. She was hilarious. She was great. She was fantastic. I quite like her on Strictly. You don't. No, I don't mind it. No, I like her on Strictly. It's my mum and dad that don't really like her on Strictly. No, I quite like her on Strictly. I like how you tailed off your voice so they won't hear you. So you think the hard of hearing won't hear if you whisper it. (laughs) Don't think I didn't catch that. Oh, it's so difficult because everybody's watching The Traitors and I would really like to watch it, but we we have learned from experience that as much as we watch films and TV, we cannot do anything that is on every night. So we tried Love Island. Failed. For two weeks, failed at that. We tried 
I'm a Celeb this year. Failed. Really enjoyed it for the first week, but then we had to go away for a weekend. We missed That's two episodes and catch up. And we thought, fuck this. That's the no. thing. The minute that you've missed if, uh, like more than two nights of it, that's it. But then because it's, what would you say, it's pop culture, yeah. all these shows, if you miss one night, it's on Facebook, social media, the news, yeah. people are talking about it. If you just miss one night, so it's not like a show where if you miss that, like, you might not hear it for a couple of days. Yeah. So we just thought, no. Which is a really annoying thing because we really want to watch the trailers. I know. Everybody's like, oh, are you watching it? Are you watching it? But I just, we can't do something that's on every night. And finally, there was Rob Brydon on the show. He was promoting his live show, which, which we really want to go to, but turns out, oh, they've got single seats left. Yeah, that's our own fault. I'm not, not sitting beside, I'm not sitting on my own while an old man sings. But that's uh, that's our fault for not getting on the tickets close enough, because we love Rob Ryden. You especially, because you hadn't seen Gavin and Stacey until last year, when I made you mm-hmm. sit and watch all of Gavin and Stacey. He was great on that show. He is. He is just Bryn. Like, he is Bryn. So yeah, it's sad that we're not going to see him. But I thought that him and Claudia came across really well because they're really inclusive with Emma and Mark because here the fact that they're Yanks you give them by their first yeah, name no, we're on first name basis but the fact that Rob and Claudia were very humble in the fact that they knew that they probably didn't know who they were or what they did so they were explaining or the general references that the the conversation was happening because yeah. of the British nature of it yeah so like when Claudia was explaining the traitor she was explaining to them what it's about because she's very aware that they won't know so i just i thought that was very nice rather than i just thought it kept them nice they seemed like humble about it Mm -hmm. to be like we're here with two celebrity a-listers they're not going to know what the traitors is so or gavin and stacy no we thought they came off very well yeah i think the thing with graham norton is we're not avid watchers of it it's more of who's on it as opposed to just watching it for the sake of it yeah i used to watch it a lot but um not as much these days which is a shame because it's good Following that, we watched another festive show. We watched the Gogglebox Festive Special. Love Gogglebox. So I've just taken a note of three, the three sections of the show which I think were the best. Mm-hmm. The first one being the repair shop, oh. which you you did cry at. I did cry at that. I so d- it I was don't... a woman who had brought in a music box, or it was mm-hmm. a vinyl vinyl player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because her son had given it given it to her at his last Christmas. Yeah, because he, he died like a week later. He died a week later. A week or two And I think later. it was around about 2004, 2005. Oh, I don't remember. And but... I think it was about, yeah, because it was about 20 years old. She brought it in because she wanted the folk, I've never actually seen the show before. It just looks like folk bringing stuff to repair. Yeah, but I don't watch it because it's renowned for being a bit of a tearjerker. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't it? So did you enjoy it though? Was it a bit much, you know, to be a festive thing, to be a Christmas show what did do you, you mean like a christmas the fact that it was a tearjerker like did you want that as part of a festive special of a generally feel-good show well yeah because it was nice that he because like it was a nice thing it I'm was a really nice thing to see and it was it was really good to see the woman how she reacted and all that i'm gonna sound ancient right now but with the commercialization of christmas Christ. it's it's nice to see to remember that christmas is actually uh, all about everybody just getting together and just being with your loved ones. So, yeah. Oh, you're cute, aren't you? <laughs> Next, we have the Full Monty, which I didn't uh, even know was a thing. No, it's the... Oh, it, or the oh, Full Monty show where they get... Yeah, it's not the Full Monty, the they film. They get British... Cele- or, it's like stand-up to cancer. They get celebs right. to do it. 
Well, yeah, it's like the yeah, kind of celebs, celebs in air quotes. It's the celebs that go on like Master Chef and Strictly. Yeah, so it'll be those type of celebrities getting their the kind kit of off. The kind of celebrity that I need to be so that I can I'm go and say, bake off and go in Strictly and do all these House of Games. Yeah, I was going to say do all, do all these things, shows. but not the not the stand up to cancer. Get, no, you're get not my tits getting, out. Yeah. <laughs> but like Master Chef and Strictly. Yes, you're not getting House your arse out in front of a live theatre. No, no, thank you. No. But good on them for doing it. <laughs> I get it's for a charity, but I'd rather you just give the money to them than showing everybody your arse. Uh, yeah. I don't think the pa- I don't think you actually get to see it. I just think the crowd get to see it. Oh no, you get to see everything apart from when they take when they lift their hats up. Yeah. And then you see the full. Well, we saw everything from the, and like on Gogglebox, they saw everything from the back, but you don't see everything from the oh. front. <laughs> yep. But good on them. Good on them, and then. The best section of the show, I think this happened at the very end, was it was taking the story from Love Actually yes. of Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson, yes. which you love. Take, love. take it away, Claire. I love Love Actually. Um, and that bit is just done so well. So it, like It's so heartbreaking because Emma Thompson plays it so well. So does Alan Rickman, actually. He does play it he really, plays well, it really well, but I just feel that like there's little touches that she does that just nail it. And just, it's, it is, it's heartbreaking. Like, I can't even imagine being in that situation. I was annoyed that they'd cut out the Rowan Atkinson gift yeah. wrapping scene. I know, it's a I shame. don't know if it, because it was just too long, because that's yeah. the point of the joke, is it goes on forever. It goes on forever. And I don't think they had enough time in the show to show that, plus everyone's reaction to different points. Yeah, because I think they were following the Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson storyline, and that... that... What was the, the storyline, quickly, to sum it up? Oh, surely everybody's seen Love Actually, but it's basically he's got this new kind of receptionist secretary at work who's fl- very outwardly flirting with him, making it very obvious that she wants a piece. And he's kind of, I think he's enjoying the attention um, from her. And it all comes to a head when he buys a very expensive gold necklace for her while his wife, Emma Thompson, is shopping for their mother's oh she's she's shopping for his mom and he's buying jewelry for this office slut <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you really feel Claire. um and emma thompson sees it in his pocket and thinks it's for her and then come present opening she realizes it's not for her which means he gave it to mia but she does her motherly bit doesn't she she kind of buries it while she gets through the nativity play with the kids and then afterwards she calls him out on it kind of respectful way considering she just says like it's not creating a scene no no she's not creating a scene she's just saying like what would you do and then just lets him know that she knows so yeah just plays it spectacularly but it's very and then he just admits that he's been a fool and i can't remember if does she forgive him you don't really know in the end it's not really said whether because obviously they're waiting for him and he gets like off the airplane from wherever he's been but it's not very obvious if they're together or separated. So I'm not sure. Because he didn't cheat on her. He just, no. uh, he was very bad though. I think he just enjoyed the attention. But it, even though he never actually like kissed her or anything like that, I, I would, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, not good. But we enjoyed it. We enjoyed yeah. Gogglebox. It's a, it's a nice thing to do normally on a Friday night. It's yeah. just a, an easy wind down show. It's funny. Okay. So next up we have a show on Channel 5 that we watched just a few days ago called Big Fat Lies About Exercise and Diet. Yes. So we love watching shows like this and we think Channel 5 is just pumping out really good shows. Yeah, we've had, they, they do really good documentaries. Kind of like we watch like Harrods at Christmas and stuff like that. 
So one of the take-homes that I actually got from this show was that diets actually can make you gain weight because when you lose weight initially from the diet... Yeah, if you lose weight too quickly, like crash dieting... Mm-hmm. You're um, more likely to put on even more weight when you come off it or... Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I knew that about crash dieting. So if you, if you like, say for, like, when we're going away on holiday, if I decide for, like, two to three weeks beforehand I'm going to crash diet chances are when we come back from holiday I will regain the weight plus more really yeah I don't I don't know all the ins and outs of why but I did know that that was that was the thing you're better to have like a sustained healthy lifestyle a lifestyle as opposed to diet I think was the main take home they were saying and they were going on about things such as good fats which I hadn't heard about really since I was in school yeah like avocados and olive oil are good fats but obviously like fried chicken and (laughs) burgers are bad fats so there is a bit of common sense, I think. When I think it comes a lot of it's it. common. A lot of it's a bit like that TikToker that I really like. Oh, I wouldn't know this then. No, you do. You do know him. Do I? James. Oh, the PT English bloke, yeah. James PT, oh, speaks common sense. Yeah. Well, it's not just that, but he says like if you're like if your dog's overweight, you don't put it on the keto diet. You just feed it a little less and walk it a bit more. And he's like, that's all you need to do as yeah. a human. Like, don't be going on like keto and atkins and cutting out carbs and whatever else like, diet pills this was one subject yeah. they covered i didn't think that you could have a pill yeah for a diet and they think that would be your no i, I knew it, there was diet so what pills. did they, the pill supposed to do it was advertised as it would what, help you metabolize so food quicker it basically uh, how do i say this politely it makes fats pass through your system a lot quicker <laughs> so you'll be going to the bathroom a bit more so Here's once you've eaten work. once you've eaten your meal it just goes out the other end a lot quicker yeah i believe so so instead of you like instead of it having time to digest and get stored as fat you just get rid of it but that was like any girls listening and i'll know a few probably longer than i think now a few years ago there was a big hype and it's called booty b-o-o-t-e-a and um <laughs> they were teas that you drank so say again like if you're going on holiday i knew girls that did this before going on holiday you would drink it for like 14 days i think you had a morning tea and an evening tea and it was basically like drinking laxatives that's all that's how you mm. lost the weight so you could eat what you want because it wasn't going to stay inside you. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks <laughs> not for me but no i think we enjoyed that show it was yeah. a good one to watch very informative it's just it's just interesting isn't it mm-hmm. so next up we have the tv show that we're currently watching yes which is scrubs Yes. So we're on season three of Scrubs. So this is your show because you've seen this a number of times. It's one of your go-to yes. easy watching shows. So mm-hmm. can you quickly f- recap seasons one and two for us? Yeah. So very quickly, will I mention our other podcast that we're doing? Yes. Yes. So we are actually in the process of recording for another podcast, which is when we first got together, we introduced each other to our favorite shows. So we've been doing that for since we got together but we're pre-recording all the stuff because we cannot as much as we like to watch tv and films and stuff we do have lives and we can't crank out a series every week so we've been doing that but some of those shows we decided we're we're not going to make the podcast scrubs being one of them mm-hmm. one that we've just finished for you is modern family and yes. for me we did how about your mother how about your mother because there's not a lot of plot driven content so there it would be like there's what nine series yeah. for most of them so it'd be nine episodes worth of a podcast but nine the, hours worth of just yeah because you can't really do an hour 
for a series for a comedy for stuff like that because every episode's very different they're not serialized really yeah and over the course of the nine series you have a plot but within this there's just not a lot to talk about so we thought it would we decided not to dedicate these so we're covering scrubs here which is quite nice but um You'd never seen Scrubs, had you? No. Had you heard I'd, of it? I'd heard of it, and I've obviously I've seen clips of it as I was flicking through shows when I was younger. Yeah. And I would just I thought, oh, not really my thing. The jokes were a bit. It's so funny because yeah. it if you had showed me a clip of Scrubs and said to me, "Do you want to watch this?" I'd probably be like, "No, the humor is so mm-hmm. stupid. It's not my thing." But there's just something about it. I love it. Because I would have seen a typical scene for Scrubs where you see jd interact with somebody and then it goes off to a vision in his head it's fa- something it's like fantasy. the fantasy world that he's got going on mm-hmm. of just something really bizarre and then yeah. it cuts back to him in the real world and he's mouthing off a sentence that is still in his fantasy world and everyone just goes what what did yeah. you say yeah that that's like the start and it, just seeing that in isolation i was like oh this is a bit pants in it yeah but it's actually really good but actually watching it from the start and understanding the characters and the their character arts and development it's actually really interesting the characters make it so Dr. Cox, amazing. So what so sum up quickly Scrubs oh, yeah. in like two sentences. So Scrubs is based in a hospital in America. A pretty it's not a very well off hospital in America and it is It almost looks like one we'd have here as like part of the NHS, like in yeah. the public sector. Yeah, it's not a very posh hospital. And it's basically following the journey of these interns who have just graduated from medical school and their journey through the hospital. And you get interact with other uh, characters in the hospital, like doctors that are already there, and nurses that are already there, and that's basically the story. And it's all it's a sit it's a sitcom, so it's all about the events and stuff mm-hmm. that happens within the hospital. So we're currently on season three, yeah, um, where the main character JD is in his third year now. Yes, they're in their third year. Third year now, so he's a bit more grown up. He knows a bit more about what he's doing as a doctor. Yeah. It's quite interesting knowing knowing a lot of like, the hospital culture and things that go on behind the scenes yeah. at a hospital that you don't really get to see as a patient. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it almost like humanises the doctors and nurses a wee bit, which I quite enjoy. Yeah. Because the thing I like about Scrubs is a bit like Modern Family and a, and a bit like How I Met Your Mother as well, where as much as it is a comedy and it's designed for you to laugh, they all often have messages behind the episodes mm-hmm. they so broach real subjects they broach well. real yeah. subject and they'll have they'll have nice messages in there like i can't think of one off the top of my head from scrubs even though we've just been watching it but there's little life lessons in there which is quite nice and wholesome content mm. in there as well so in season three we've also as i've said jd's grown up a bit more yeah we know that he actually starts teaching dr cox Some a lessons. few life life lessons yeah as it were which is quite interesting quite a good turnaround. Yeah. I would think that would normally come at a much later season, but it's interesting it's come up quite early on in the whole series. Yeah, well, I think also, like, Dr. Cox is going through some life events, like, he's just become a father, and so he's He's, he's now changing. got to live with yeah. the ex-wife who he's just got back together with. Yeah. A lot of drama for a it, comedy. Yeah, huh? yeah. You really like the new change in Elliot. Yeah, so I told you that, like, third season Elliot becomes a little less pathetic because she was type kind of she was cast as like the kind of like rich girl that's now in this world and she doesn't really know how to like she got cut off from her dad and she doesn't really know how to live in the real world and she's a bit um naive to things she Um, wasn't the best character she wasn't the best character she was a bit pathetic at times a bit of a pushover and then she kind of gets to stage where she's like i've got to grow up and take shit into my own hands and just gets a bit 
bit of an edge to her. Which Bad I like. bitch energy. Not quite, because she's still like a klutz and a bit jitsy. <laughs> and, but she just, she's like, hold on, I can't always be this pathetic little like... Like she said, like Laverne calls her marshmallow mm. and she's like, is it because I'm like easily squashed? And she's like, well, yeah, and you're very, very white. <laughs> you were you were quite shocked though at how much titillation there is around her. I honestly... Since I pointed it out. Yeah, when I was younger, it just must have gone over my head. It's like once... She's in her bra a lot. <laughs> I would say at least one every two episodes. Yeah, and as you she's said... She's getting her like, kit off in some way. Yeah, and as you said, this wouldn't fly now. Like no. if this was a new show... It would be frowned upon, but back then, there. I mean, there is stuff that we've just we've discussed. There's stuff yeah. that they've cut out now that was in that was in there originally. But there's stuff in there that I'm like, oh, nowadays you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't get away with it. You wouldn't have her in her bra as much as she is no. in the early two thousands. Another thing that might be interesting for you to say is the janitor. Yes. So you had said in the first season, if you yes. watch it closely, the janitor doesn't interact with any of the other main cast. He very rarely interacts and the interactions could be brushed off as JD's imagination, if that makes sense. So you only see it. I don't think anybody hardly directly speaks to him. I think there's one bit where Elliot like trips up and she goes like, oh, sorry, Mm. and stuff like that, because they initially weren't sure if the janitor was going to be a figment of JD's imagination or if... or if he was going to be a real character. From what I remember, mm. I could be wrong. I did li- I did start listening to their podcast, but I stopped listening after a while. Why did you stop listening? Just It's just, I tried it. I've tried this with a few series, like The Office Ladies. I tried that. Uh, the One Tree Hill Girls brought out podcast. Uh, I did The West Wing for a bit as well. But it's just, you're covering hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And I just kind of fell off a bit. For, for all, I've tried all of them. I've started all of we them. We could be getting into the hundreds of episodes for this podcast, maybe. Yeah, but I I don't know I don't know why I didn't stick with it because like there's other podcasts that have hundreds of episodes that I still listen to weekly, but for some reason ones that are brought out mm. around TV shows like that by the cast members, I do just drop off. But yeah, so apparently the the janitor was supposed to be a figment of JD's imagination, but he was so popular as a character that they decided to keep him and to have him as an actual character. Good because I quite I quite like him. He's funny. There's I think there's characters that kind of carry it. Um, and for me, that's definitely Dr. Cox, Bob Kelso, and the janitor. Quick question on Scrubs so far. Mm-hmm. Your favourite scene, let's just say in the last week. The last yeah. week. Because we're on, we're on the weekly screening podcast. Yeah. Um, so, so I do quite like, it's a line that I quote quite a bit. And it is, um, if we, we just watched it earlier today. And it's Bob Kelso and he's like, who's got two thumbs and doesn't give a crap? Bob Kelso. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah. So my favourite scene this week was when they have Carla's brother Ah, uh, yes, Marco. he's pretending not to speak English. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is for Turk to mimic Bone and his sister. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> well, not Turk's sister. No, that's a different show. Yeah, yeah it's when he's kind of telling Marco what he's going to do to his sister in the bedroom that Marco snaps and uh, speaks English. Because Turk's been trying to tell Carla, he's like, your brother actually speaks English, but because they don't get on, he's like, no, no, I don't speak English. And then he does that, and he's like, you jackass. And then he starts, like, air humping her and stuff, (laughs) and he eventually just shouts (laughs) shouts out in English. That's that's brilliant. It's a good piece of writing, that, actually. It's funny. I do like, Turk's a great character as well. No, I'm looking forward to more season three watching this week. Yeah. Next on the TV, we've watched a lot of telly this week, haven't we? Well, we've been off work. We were were off for part of the week. So next... 
Um, it's coming to the end of a show that I'm watching just now called Ted Lasso. Yes. So I'm at the end of season three, which is the final season. I've got one episode left. I've been um, kind of tuning in and out of it because, like, when you're watching it, I'll normally be playing my Switch or reading mm. my book or something. So I've been kind of, I'm in, a dipping and out of it. I think I know enough about what's going on. So this is exclusively on Apple TV, which we're getting free for six months. Apple TV, you've said everything you've watched on there. It's been fantastic. It's been great so far. The films, TV shows, yeah. documentaries, everything's been great. Can't fault them. Ted Lasso, so the overview of it is it's basically an NFL coach from the States has come over to the UK to be the football manager of a local football team. He's in the Premier League mm-hmm. and he's bringing across his Yankee doodle dandy tactics. to Yeah, because he's a, a very like... Howdy, folks. Yeah. And he's just getting met with, you posh wanker. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite fun yeah. to see. Like these... I like that they, like, that's the kind of American character that they brought across because it's so polar opposite to English football yeah. culture. Well, he'll have, like, a little fun family-friendly anecdote from yeah. back in Kansas, and then he'll just be, get met with, shut up, you fucking twat. Yeah, which, which, is... <laughs> which is English lad football culture. So it is, it is quite smart that they've kind of collided those two worlds. So seasons one and two were great. Season one especially. I never really binge a show. But I, the one thing that I really liked, I really liked Keely because I knew her from... Um, Wild Child. Wild Child. And it was just nice to see her as an adult in something. <laughs> I was like, go you. <laughs> She's quite good in it. She's good actually. in it. But yeah, seasons one and two were great. Especially season one. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And the main reason why it was a comedy, 30 minutes... It was just action-packed, almost a laugh a minute. Really great. Season two, the episodes started getting a wee bit longer. Your mm-hmm. 40, 45 minute mark. Had a little bit of drama sprinkled in here, but the characters were still very good. The character development was good. Good show. And then we got to season three, <laughs> which the average episode length seems to be about an hour long. And there's, your laughter has died. Yes. There's, <laughs> there's very little comedy. They've seemed to try and make it a lot more about... Issues and politics. Yeah the inclusion and political issues and refugees not a lot of comedy it's like i get all that in the real world i was watching the show to escape it's supposed to be a a bit of comedic relief and from what i've seen online that seems to be the general opinion conception of this series which is a bit of a shame that they went down this route because it looked like they'd won so many awards for seasons one and two yeah i don't know if they did for season three i don't know but it just sort of fell off a cliff for me. I just think that I understand that like production companies and writers and everything like that are wanting to raise awareness of these issues. But I feel like everything now deals with some kind of issue. And it's like sometimes, like the world is bad enough. We're in a cost of living crisis. There's wars going on. Like sometimes you just want to escape. switch on the telly and you escape into a fun world. Yeah, and just have a it's laugh for real. half an hour and forget like all the troubles that are going on. Um, so when I feel like when it's constantly being brought in, it's a bit like oh, like the odd odd an odd sprinkle here and there is fine, but I feel like every episode, every yeah, every episode is dealing with a new. It's feeling like a slodge. Yeah, like I'm. Just like like the first show I binged in three day, in three days. And you don't binge watch no. stuff. And this last series I've been going now for a week. Yeah. Over a week now, and I'm just like I'm just doing watching it to get it finished. I'm not actually enjoying it that much anymore. Even I've like watched you watch a whole episode of it and not laughed. Well, before like I I asked you I was like what are you watching because you're laughing like all the time. 
So it's, it's a sh- I, like I understand what they're trying to do, but sometimes you should just leave things as Brooklyn got nine nine got yeah. a bit like that where they brought in they brought COVID into it, and I was like no because this isn't one it's not going to age well like Brooklyn is a bit like Friends How I Met Your Mother it's a comfort show like I rewatch yeah. Brooklyn I'm rewatching Brooklyn right now don't put COVID in it I don't know no. that no leave <laughs> leave leave that <laughs> but right let's get on to the, the final section of the podcast yes actually no let's, the penultimate section because we've got a little bit for the at the end Lots, so we've got. Yeah. The gaming section. Yes. So you're playing two games, so I'll let you talk about one of them first. Yeah. So let's talk about Disney Dreamlight Valley, which came out last year. Oh, I might it have did. actually been... No, I, no, I googled it. I did, oh, did? I did my research for this pod. Oh, I thought that I... I oh, thought shit, I'd... have I got it wrong? I'm sure it said 2022. I'm not going to Google live on air. I'm not doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, if not, it was just before that. Right, it was... so this is on the Nintendo Switch. Yes. Give us a quick... Basically, I'm very exciting and I just play the same like two, three games on repeat most of the time. The Cozy Gamer. Yeah, Disney Dreamlight Valley is one of them because they recently brought out the expansion pack of Rift in Time, which I was initially annoyed because it cost money and I was like, but I feel like it was a big enough expansion. I was like, fair enough. So you charge for that. Disney Dreamlight Valley is a bit controversial because. Really? What can be controversial about? money that. aspect of it so remember oh. i told you it was supposed to be so you know this was supposed to be like you we were paying for almost like a, a pre-version of it mm-hmm. and then when it was actually released because remember it's a bit buggy it used to crash on me and then when it was actually released it was going to be a free-to-play game and then they turned around like just before that went actually it's not going to be free to play and the other thing is there is microtransactions in the game a lot of microtransactions so that's in every game now to be fair but um, normally you get that in a free-to-play game. But yeah, so there's a lot of controversy surrounding it. And then obviously they released this expansion pack, which is more money. And it was like, hang on. It's <laughs> um, not stopped you from playing it though, has is that, it? Is that, I'm a sucker. I, I buy it. I don't I don't really buy Moonstones to buy the additional stuff. I'll be honest. I've done it once or twice. But it's not something I've partaken a lot, but I did buy the expansion pack. So I've been playing the expansion pack. And also the Star Path is on just now, which is when... so like. Just now, it is a kind of Christmas winter themed one. So they're only on for maybe like a month. And you have to do all these tasks to unlock all these special items. So I'm doing that just now. And then I'll probably put the game down once and then just pick it Mm. back up when the next like special event comes on. But it's just a nice... What I like is it's not a challenging game. Like obviously, if you want to like unlock more items, you have to play a bit harder. But... I just like wander around and like go fishing with Goofy and garden what a with Wally. Game. Yeah. Wholesome game that is. But that's, that's like what we're talking about. Like sometimes the world is so shit. Stressful enough. Yeah, that sometimes I just want to disappear into the Dreamlight Valley and just do that. Speaking of stressful, this is a great segue, by the way. <laughs> Let's you. go on to Hogwarts Legacy, uh, PlayStation 5. Yes, so well, I'll start, we'll start off with the fact that I'm so annoyed because you obviously have a PlayStation and I play Switch. And I deliberately held out. I was so excited for Hogwarts Legacy, but I deliberately held out for it coming out on Switch, and then it got delayed twice. Um, and it came out on Switch, and it was shit on Switch. They should, they should not have bothered releasing it on Switch. But then I also, I am so like you bought me the book on like the art of it because I'm so into animation and the art because I do a bit of 3D design and stuff, and it just didn't pale on the Switch. It just didn't. It no, it was bad. But anyway, I sold that and I'd bought you Hogwarts Legacy for your birthday, so I'm playing your birthday present on the PlayStation. <laughs> I've not even had a shot yet. Snooze, lose. 
it's great, but it's one. It's going to take me forever to get through, which I which I'm glad. I want to. I want it to get your long. money's worth out of my present. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> but I'm not used to games that challenge me. No, you're <laughs> used to fishing with Goofy for Christ. Yeah, sake. I'm not used to games where I actually like have to like defeat bad guys and shoot skeletons with magic. Yeah, like I've had a cadaver. Yeah, Did I have that on it. Uh, I had the, that spell shot at me recently. Did actually. you? Yeah. The killing curse. Yeah, but I've had you to try have a go at a couple of levels that I've struggled with. It so, is yeah. tricky. But it is tricky. I ca- the one thing I do kind of like about it is that you also have a bit of that like cozy gaming element, so I can go into my little room of requirement and feed my beasts and like decorate it how I want, and I can explore Hogsmeade and blah blah. blah. But then while you're doing that, sometimes like a bad wizard or like a spider will pop up and i'm like oh i just want to live a nice little life so i like it and I, but i don't see myself like playing it as often as something like disney dreamlight valley or like earlier this year when i got really into fey farm and i, I was oh, obsessed yeah. with that it's good but it'll be a slow burn and i would recommend it to anybody who is maybe thinking about playing it definitely do it i'm interested to see what your weekly progress is now that we're starting this podcast yeah yeah we'll see how we go i don't really know how much because the other thing is is i've set myself a task this year of reading 50 books <laughs> so... you're gonna be a busy gal yeah, you gotta make time for those games hon yeah just so we can talk about them on here <laughs> <laughs> so now we're on to the game that i'm playing which is star wars jedi fallen order 2019 this ties into your birthday present as well because i bought you the second one Yep. For your birthday. So this is a franchise. You bought me the second one, so I'm playing the first one. Yeah. So I can know the story before I play the yeah, second one. Because you already had the first one, but yes. you hadn't played it yet. So. No. So this is a Star Wars game set between episodes three and four, which you won't be too familiar with because you've only seen the first two episodes. Yes, because they will be coming to our other podcast. Where we do a full film review of episodes one and two. Yeah, and we'll be doing the rest as well. Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot of Star Wars films, love. So, <laughs> buckle up. So this is it's quite a nice little game. This where it's more, it's very linear. Mm-hmm. You know, it basically tells you what to do. You basically visit a planet, go and explore it for a wee bit. In a, you know, it tells you go to this place, do this mission, then go back, go to another planet, do this mission, da da da, and you just get to fight nice little easy villains with a lightsaber. Use the force. Use the force. You know that, yeah? Yeah. You know that, yeah. But it's just a nice, gentle game. The characters, there's the main character is this ginger Jedi. Cal. Cal. Very mm-hmm. good. Very good. I like his wee, his wee droid. BD1. That just goes, carries on his boop, back. Boop. Oh, it's quite cute. Yes, it's really cute. No, I, I quite enjoy it. It's a good escapism game that you can just get lost in for, say, an hour, hour and a half. By that time, you're a bit fed up with it i know mm. your game you can get lost in for like three hours yeah i'm gone or so but this one i think an hour and a half a time i think it seems very similar to hogwarts legacy the gameplay seems kind of similar it's a much less confusing mm. because there's not a lot of you don't have to know all these spells you just hit square to swing your lightsaber and it goes yeah, <laughs> yeah while with hogwarts legacy that's that's the tricky bit is yeah. This yes, yeah, the spells. The yeah. really cool thing that I do enjoy about it is if someone shoots you, yeah. if you just block with your lightsaber, it pings the bullet right back at them. 
Yeah, so you can also, do it while if you face away from yeah. them, you'll put the lightsaber behind his back and ping the bullet and kill them. That looks really cool. Like I when feel, I saw that you do that, I was like, oh, that's I, cool. I, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do, to be yeah, honest. That's, that, was a, that was a good bit that they put in there. No, I'll maybe talk about more about the story in next week's one because I feel like we've gone a bit long here since it's our opening show. It's also because we, we've watched a bit more than we normally would because we were off for half the week. Yeah, so I'll maybe we'll maybe do a bit more in the video game section uh, next week. Yeah, because we'll still be playing the same games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the final section, which is what's next. So the following week, next week. Yes. So we have potentially Fast 6. Fast and the Furious number 6. Would you want to watch that with me mm, next I'll read week? the synopsis and let you know. Okay. We'll read it. Read it today. That could be a potential film for tonight's viewing. Okay. Okay. You also have to pick a film. Ooh, okay. Do you know at all any types of films, any ones that are coming to mind that you might want to watch? Or you want to have a little browse first? I'll maybe have a little browse. The, the, um, probably not next week, but sometime this month I want us to go to the cinema because there's a few... That's next on my list. Oh, sorry. I'll stop now. Okay. Next, next, so next is the cinema because we get two free cinema tickets. Yeah. There's a few Sky. films coming out that we're interested in. There's Priscilla, which I think is out now. The Iron Claw. Mm-hmm. And we also want to see Miller's Girl, but it doesn't appear to have a UK no. release date. I think, I think we should see uh, Priscilla this month. Yeah. So whether that's next week or the week after... Yeah. I'd be interested. Because we watched the Elvis film earlier. Yeah, not that Or, not or say earlier this year. But no, last year we watched the Elvis film. We really enjoyed it. Next, I'm going to watch the season finale of Ted Lasso and yeah. shit all over that. So I'm going to go more <laughs> into depth on the last season yeah. next week. So council shows, council TV shows. Council telly. So just shows that are on your basic five channels here in the UK. I'm going to talk to you about a few of them that are coming up this week that I think you'd be interested in. Okay. Okay, so we have... Saturday celebrity catchphrase 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 with Jay from the Inbetweeners. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love catchphrase. I want to go on catchphrase. Right. We have Ant and Dex Limitless Win, which is tonight at eight thirty. Oh yeah, they've got like that's like millions, isn't it? I'm still I'm sure doubting that, that. I'm sure in the advert it had like three and a half million. That can't be right. Do we want to give it a go? Yeah, I'll we'll give it tonight. A go. So that's eight thirty tonight. We have. Sunday, Channel 5, Air Fryers versus Microwaves. Nah. No? No. Okay, maybe that's just me that found that interesting. We, melt, we, don't, well, we don't have an air fryer anymore because we accidentally melted a hole in it. We yes, sat no. it too close to our gas hob and melted a hole in the side of it. Yes, we don't need to tell that story, please. <laughs> Monday, we have Playboy, the centerfolds that changed you, which is the darker side of the Playboy mansion. Yes, absolutely. Yes. After watching Hugh. Pamela Anderson's documentary, yep. I'm so interested in like... I think it's about Hugh Hefner's dark past. Yep, absolutely. Um, and the final one, which is one I know you will want to watch, which is the Martin Lewis Money Show. Yeah, we love Martin Lewis. He saved Any me tips a- how to save money? He saved me £166 on my student loan last month, so... And then finally, the video games for next week are probably going to be the same. Yeah, I'm I think. currently wrestling with The Sims 4, has big sales on, so I'm trying to decide who I'm going to buy. So I think next week, packs. have a look at what ones... You might actually buy one next week. I might buy one, And get yeah. on to play it. I'm trying to decide. And you'll be playing three games at the same time. Imagine. Nerd. I'm trying to read all these books as well. I think I'll probably still be playing uh, my Star Wars game. Uh, the game that I'm planning to play after that is GTA Vice City. You're not going to play the second Star Wars game? I will after. Okay. I like to give it a little bit of a game interval between each one, just to, okay. so it's not the same gameplay over and over again. I've got to play, you know, get all the GTA games out before GTA number six comes along. Yeah. I know they're You've not related. 
This is next maybe, year it's coming out. Yeah. I think it'll be the end of 2025. Yeah. Before it comes out. That gives you time. Because so what, you're on GTA 4 now? No. There's a GTA 4 and there's a GTA Vice. There's a number of them. Okay. I'll get into that next time. There's, or when I start playing the game. It's a very okay. convoluted uh, I am series enjoying. Name. I was enjoying watching you play GTA because it brings back memories for me. Because um, everybody played GTA. Everybody played GTA. It's just it. It's and also it's so funny to see like, because what, you're playing GTA 3? Yes. Uh, which was like, what, very early 2001, And to see the contrast between that and like Hogwarts Legacy, just how far games have come. <laughs> like you the say graphics. that, it looked similar to Hogwarts Legacy in the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't look far off of it. Can't argue with that. <laughs> right, let's start calling this episode to its end because I think we went quite long, but as we said, it's probably because this is the initial episode, this is also the holiday edition yeah. where we've had time we've both been off to watch a lot of shite yeah but no i'm excited i think i think this went quite well yeah and we will see you all here again next week thank you guys for listening <laughs>